Hello and welcome to Meet My Potential Podcast, where we talk to leaders from around the world to inspire and to ignite your potential. This is part two of a series with Mark Metry. If you haven't heard part one, well, why not? I highly recommend listening to that before you continue here. And if you have heard part one, then great, let's get started. It's always kind of like funny and, and like refreshing to to like speak to people who are at, kind of like outside of my bubble <laughs> and just see like what they talk about, what's like the most important thing in their lives, like what they think is important, how they think life works and, and so on and so forth compared to, you know, a lot of like the really smart, you know, leaders and, and, um, and you know, conscious individuals that I meet and try to surround myself with. It's just so interesting because I think ultimately, like, you know, when you live in a world that can reward you for certain things, then you don't look to it. And so what I mean is this, right? So when I was shy and I had social anxiety, one of the things I did that we talked about, like, at the beginning was kind of, like, start these online ventures, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you get, like, outside validation from that and people start telling you you're successful – you're like, oh, I, I made it. I'm successful. Oh, I, I like, uh, you know, like people are telling me I'm awesome. I guess, I guess this is it. You know, I'm successful. What in reality, you're not actually focusing on the right things. You know, you're not focusing on, you know, you're only focusing on your bank account. You're only focusing on like how many, how many girls you date or something or, or like, you know, how many times you, you have fun with your friends or whatever it is, some good things, some bad things. The reality is, is that you can never actually work on the important things if you're constantly receiving signs from the outside world that you're crushing it. Yeah. And those important things are like, what is important to you, right? And that's that internal compass, your internal validation, your internal North Star. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, obviously I think it's different for each person, but I definitely think there are some some, you know, sort of universals of how our biochemistry works, of how our sort of body and, and, and brains work. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's probably like the, the biggest, the biggest one. And like, that's, that's why it's so important to get the little things right. Because, you know, one of the things that I've learned is like, especially in regard to like your food and your diet, I think this often gets overlooked. You know, I think at least here in America, I don't know what it's like in France, but I think here, like, having a healthy diet is just sort of, it's like grouped into exercising. And people think that, oh, if I, as long as I exercise, it doesn't really matter what I eat. And the reality is, is just like, if you're not giving your body the proper, you know, sort of raw resources to be able to take that and then create the rest of your brain cells, create the rest of your mind and body, you're going to have some sort of dysfunction even if you are surrounded by people that you love, even if you have a great job or a business. And so that, that to me is like one of the biggest things that I've learned because you could be focusing on the biggest things, but literally feel depressed just because you're not focusing on one of the smallest things in the world, which is to just eat a healthy diet. And so mm-hmm. that to me is something that I've never overlooked. Mark, if I got it right, you lost about 200 pounds. Is that right? No, 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 pounds. no, no, that's it. no, I would have had to be like 300 pounds. No, yeah. I was, you, no, you, I was, I was over 200 pounds. And I ended you up over losing, 200. Yeah. I ended up losing like, uh, like 75, 80 pounds. So, wow. So, wow. so not 200, so, that would have been crazy. Wh- <laughs> yeah. So, so what was it that made you to shift that? 
Like, what was that awakening moment? Yeah. So when I was 18 and I was super depressed, suicidal, and, and I was socially isolating myself because I had severe social anxiety, I had no idea what mental health was. I had no idea what, what anxiety, depression, I had no awareness of any other layer of life mentally, emotionally, spiritually, except for a physical reality, which is what we can see out of our eyes. And so I remember just like, you know, you know, having this deep moment of, of like depression and, and ended up staring myself in the mirror and like realizing that I had gotten overweight. And that was like one of the first times where I actually realized that like what was happening. I realized uh, that I was overweight. You know, there's that quote that says, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. Uh, <laughs> and so for me, it was literally just like, before I even discovered any of this stuff, before I even knew what was happening to me, I was literally just like, remember just like, you know, kind of, um, you know, having this moment where I look at myself in the mirror, you know, I, I remember feeling my pants and then realizing for the first time that my pants were really tight on me. And that for me was like a moment where I was just like, huh, okay, that's interesting. Let me try to like go on this little like journey expedition to figure out how to, how to lose weight. And it was ultimately, you know, a lot of trial and error, a lot of like experimentation that I did. But ultimately, it was fixing my diet that eventually once I did that, the really interesting part that happened was I felt like for the first time in my life, I had enough energy in my brain. And I honestly felt like my brain turned on for the first time in my life. You know, the moment when I cut out junk food and I just started to eat healthy fats and vegetables and, and things that your brain needs I felt like my brain turned on for the first time in my life. And when my brain turned on for the first time in my life, I felt a sense of clarity. And it was mm. that sense of clarity that then enabled me to see my life and be like, oh my God, I got to do this. I got to do that. And the more energy you, you have, the more you actually expose yourself to different versions of who you could be. And so that for me was one of the biggest things of like, okay, okay, Mark, you know, you're, you're eating healthy. You have this energy now. Hey, you know, let me, you know, I, I'm getting this feeling that I should go, go for a walk or something. And then I started walking for like the first time in my life on a regular basis. And then I'm like, huh, you know, I could do more of this. Let's, let me start to learn how to run. And then you start to run. And then now your body's moving properly and your body's being properly nourished. And then you're like, oh my God, I can finally sleep now <laughs> for the first time in my life. You know, I remember growing up literally never being able to sleep, like always having sleep problems. And then all of a sudden you're sleeping well you're moving right, you're eating well, and then all of a sudden you have access to way more energy. And then you're like, huh, what am I gonna do with all this like new energy that I have now? <laughs> hey, let me go read a book. You read a book, you read a second book, you start to do the things. And like, that's really the, the runaway train that happened. And so, you know, to me, like, like I'm sure you've listened to it on my previous podcast, I talk a lot about like diet and food because yeah. I think that's one of the few things that, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's very hard to like give someone advice to someone who's depressed or like they're living in a chronic state of anxiety or they're suicidal. But I think like showing them the benefits, showing them the science, and then just telling them to do something, even if they don't think it's going to work, but just sticking it out for like two weeks, three weeks, a month, your brain will literally be in a better spot. Then you will, uh, you know, have better thoughts. You'll have better emotions. You'll have better feelings. Then you'll be able to make better decisions in your life. You'll have better clarity. And so I think it's all related, but that's like a massive one that, um, that I could not stress on enough. 
Yeah. And you know, all your stories connect back to the same point, which is not overlooking the small things. And I can't emphasize on this. I'm like stuck with this little proverb, like don't overlook the small things because it's like one day I tried on my pants and I saw I was like, you know, um, maybe I was overweight and I need to lose weight. And I started to become conscious. And this is the other thing that I realized as I hear you're talking is it's not a quick fix. It's a marathon. It's a marathon. It's a treadmill that's long. It's longer than a marathon. You start the journey and then you get things rolling on that journey. And when I hear you, like I, you, your podcast has hit the top of the charts. You get, you know, the most successful people on your podcast and you've had a very successful venture. And so when we see someone at that level, we find it very hard to think that Yes, they could cry. Yes, they could be sad. Oh, I thought that if I become successful like that, then I would never ever cry and life would all be happy mm. and rosy. But that's not true. And that's what you said at the uh, early on in the episode is like life is a cycle. It, you know, you go up, you go down and the cycle continues. So what is it that helps you actually to keep going on this journey even when things are down? To be honest with you, I'm <laughs> I'm at a spot where um, I, I I have become this, and the reality is I've become this because I've I've uh, you know faced a lot of pain in my life that has just taught me to never do certain things again, and so for me you know personally like people have way worse problems than me you know for sure like you could pick anybody and I'm sure like they'll have a worse problem than me, but I personally feel like for the first part of my life not just when I was 18 and there was sort of like this dramatic expression of, of obesity and depression, but really all throughout my life, I always had sort of this sense of existential pain, which made me, you know, have chronic social anxiety for my entire life, which prevented me from living my life. And so I honestly feel like for 10 years of my life, I didn't live my life. And I know how, how painful that is. But I know, for example, like other people, like other friends of mine that I have who, you know, they were in school. Yeah, maybe they didn't have the best time. Maybe, you know, like they played a sport mm -hmm. and they got good at it and they made some friends. And overall, you know, maybe they didn't get so good grades, but maybe they just did well in sports and like that was their world. And they were, you know, they met friends and they were connected with it. I honestly feel like I didn't have a version of that. And mm -hmm. so I think for me, it's just the extremity of mm -hmm. that amount of pain of like not just a day or a day of feeling depressed, but literally a decade of my life to where I now know like there's, there's just no other option. And, and it's gotten to that point where like even, I don't know, like even if I try <laughs> to like to like not be myself, I don't, I don't have a choice because I literally wasn't myself every single day for 10 years. And I know the pain of that. And that's something that I never want to experience again. And so now my mind, my, my brain, my spirit, whatever, now just knows that I'm always going to be myself. It doesn't mean I'm not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean I'm not going to face pain. But if I'm going to face pain in life, no matter what, I would rather do it being myself. And so that to me is like one of the most uh, you know, powerful things that I had to learn, honestly, through decades of mm -hmm. my life through pain. Mm -hmm. It's so easily said, like, I want to be myself, yeah. right? But what does it actually mean to be 
oneself? This is a great question. So this is what I mean. So when you have social anxiety, it feels like you are constantly grappling with reality itself. You're constantly fighting in your brain of like literally trying to fight life itself. Yeah. When you are in any kind of social interaction, your brain is constantly trying to talk you out of what you actually want to say. And it feels like your brain is holding you back. And then, you know, you're about to go to sleep at the end of the night. And then you're literally like recounting all of the dumb things that you said because you were anxious yeah. or all the things that you you wish you should have said. And and that is that that's the pain of regret. Mm-hmm. And, and like I don't think there's anything worse than that. And so I just live with that for 10 years as to where I'm always trying to do that. And like the thing is, is it, it, it never ends. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. always an ongoing thing. And so personally yeah. for me, one of my other latest, you know, little ventures, other realizations that I've had that I've been working on since last year is the fact that like when I was younger, I was into music a little bit and I was really into it. And I had some experiences with like a music teacher and some people early on in my life that literally just talked me out of it. And literally last year, I came back to this whole music thing. And I was always a fan of kind of like hip hop and rap, but I didn't really like the fact that a lot of hip hop songs and rap songs are just sort of meaningless or they just like talk about drugs and women. And I really wanted to, you know, sort of like express the side of myself that, that the world hasn't really seen yet, that I haven't really seen yet through, through using the vehicle of music. And so like, just as an example, like that's a way that I'm constantly sort of, you know, finding that within myself. And, and like personally for myself too, like when I feel like I am suppressed when I feel like I just can't, like I feel like I'm numb, I feel like I can't really think anything, I will go into music as a vehicle to try to express myself. And every time that you do that, every time that you create something, you pull a piece of yourself out mm-hmm. into the world and you can see it more clearly. And so I think a lot of us, like like you said, like we think like, oh, I want to be myself, I want to be self. Like what, what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think a bit, the biggest part of it is like, we, we don't know who, who we are because we are a super complex organism that has so many different factors uh, sort of involved. And it's really just sort of a continuous process of creation, of experimenting, of, of feeling different emotions, of not letting your biology and your biochemistry hold you back, even if it tells you, hey, if you're going to do this, you're going to die. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a very, it's a multifaceted (laughs) process, but I'm glad that I learned this lesson. And like the reality is, is that it's not that hard to be sucked into an inauthentic version of yourself, especially when you become more successful, especially when different people, different like stakeholders, different organizations are now like around your life, whether it's business or people on your team and so on and so forth, or how people perceive you on the internet. And so, I mean, there's, there's so much complexity to it, yeah. but ultimately, you know, like if I'm going to go through with this life and, and face pain and, 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 and face beauty and, and happiness, I want to do it being myself because I have lived a lifetime where I wasn't myself and I wasn't truly successful, even though I was successful. And so, <laughs> you know, that's, that's like the major sort of like matrix mind mess with it, so to speak. I think this is the biggest message that we can share with people is really be yourself. And I think be yourself is like when you can be yourself, you don't have these little thoughts coming up and waking you up at 3 a.m. and saying, oh, should I have said that in the meeting? What if somebody else uh, thinks this? Oh, did I make a mistake doing that? And having all these thoughts 
actually prevents you from being yourself because the next day you're going to wake up and you're going to put on all these layers of masks and try to be someone else that everybody else likes or that fits into the system or that's going to bring you the results that you need. But finally, are you comfortable in your skin being who you are? And that's the question that Mark is talking about. And I think, Mark, that comes with a lot of self-acceptance and forgiving oneself for their mistakes and just being totally comfortable and appreciating both the flaws and the brightness that we have within us. Thank you. Thank you. And honestly, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, it's it, it's extremely uncomfortable. And, um, <laughs> and and like what I mean by that is it's not as uncomfortable as it as it was in my life, not being myself. I think that's the worst thing. But honestly, I am always in discomfort. I am always uncomfortable. And yeah. that that is different than like, you know, feeling like you're fighting with life. It's sort of a more meaningful discomfort. Mm-hmm. But like that's honestly something that I've learned of like, this is it, right? So like my podcast, Humans 2.0, the whole premise of my show, and like very simply, is we are all born as human version 1.0. There are certain parts of us that are beautiful, that we have sort of been given to us by nature, by the universe that are awesome. But then we go throughout our lives and due to false beliefs, due to the people around us teaching us the wrong thing, entering the culture sphere, entering the education system, we just start piling on so much crap that we lose ourselves in a way. And Humans 2.0, what that's really about is it's about saying, hey, I, you know, I accept that I'm a human version 1.0 and there's always going to be a part of me that's like that, but I'm going to try to consciously do better. I'm going to try to upgrade every single area of my life that is meaningful to me. And, you know, ever since I've kind of lived with this, I've been like at speaking places, podcasts, and people have asked me, they're like, all right, Mark, so are you always a human 2.0? Are you always like super confident? Are you always like that? And I'm like, no. And to be honest with you, it's never 100% or zero. And what I said was, this is me on stage. Literally right now, as I am talking to every single one of you, acting confident, being able to speak my mind uh, calm and concisely, 95% of my brain right now is on human 2.0. It's me doing differently. It's me stepping into the chaos. It's me trying to do better. It's me doing things because I know that if I run away from them, they'll be worse. However, maybe like 5% of my brain, maybe 10% of my brain is still a human 1.0. There's Mm -hmm. a a back trace of my brain, 5%, that is literally saying to me, run, bro, you got to get out of here. I I did this podcast with... um, with like these two guys that invited me into their studio mm-hmm. and they're like, they're, they're, they're very like, they're muscular. They're like very athletic <laughs> and they're white. And for me, I faced a lot of racism growing up yeah. and the people who did that to me were people who looked like these people. They were people who were fit, athletic, and they were white. And so I told them, I was like, literally right now, there's like the back 5% of my brain that's telling me, Mark, these people are danger. Run, run, run. And the truth is, is every single time that you are able to consciously become that human 2.0 in that moment, you're sending a message to human 1.0. You're sending a message. You're sending a a, a literal sort of lesson. And it's not necessarily like, oh, you know, we're going to do this 100% or like we're going to delete this forever. We're going to totally eliminate this. But it's just forming sort of a better 
uh, relationship with that, that then sort of makes it more accepting to the point where instead of these things, every time they pop in your brain, they cause you to have anxiety, they cause you to have deep stress, they rattle you, they scatter your brain to where they come up and, and it's controlled to where you understand that you have to build sort of a more friendly relationship with fear, with anxiety, because these things truly never go away. And that's just human nature. And that's just the fact. And so you can make great strides, but the reality of the fact is, is that if you ever lose that, then I don't know, that's not the life that I want to live. And and to be quite <laughs> honest with you, like, that's what's know. made and, you who you are today. Well, that's there are some positive things in that because 1.0 version is is what led you to move towards who you have become today. And so boom. let's embrace that and let's look at the gift of that. Literally could not have said it better myself. <laughs> and uh, and the, la the last thing that I was going to say is that in this self-development industry, people are given false expectations. People are given, hey, if you can meditate and you can drink this green juice then all your problems in life will go away. And honestly, what I, what I have learned is anybody who tells you that, they're just trying to sell you on like some book, some coaching program, some seminar that isn't even going to work. And so that's honestly what I've learned of like, you want to listen to leaders who are authentic, who are transparent, who go through these issues because that's what makes them human. And anyone who isn't human and they're trying to give you the illusion of perfection, they're just not really worth being associated with and doing business with. <laughs> thank you so much, Mark. Mark, thank you for sharing your story here with us. Thank you for being vulnerable because you've shown us that it's okay to be successful and it's okay to be vulnerable because that is what is courage. And so before we end this episode, which is so sad because I think I can still discuss <laughs> another five hours with you like we just spoke yeah. before, right? Yeah, this is like just, to, we're just touching the tip of the iceberg here. What's one last message that you'd like to share with the audience? One last message that I'd like to share with the audience is that I spent the first part of life wanting everybody to not know who I was, wanting everybody to not know my story, not know my name to just sort of sit in the background, to just become a statistic, to just sort of blend in with everything else because I didn't understand life. And now I'm trying to understand life and literally I do the opposite of all these things that I mentioned. And I don't think there's any coincidence that I had extreme social anxiety to literally I'm, a, I'm like a public speaker. And so honestly, <laughs> what I would say is that What you think are your worst weaknesses, what you think is like literally the worst thing about you that you're trying to hide from the world, that is actually the thing that you need to put forward. That is actually the thing that you need to start putting in front of you and start you know, not apologizing for and expressing yourself. Because when you do that, that is actually how you step into your life. Uh, I have a mentor of mine. His name is Mastin Kip. He has this beautiful quote and it says, unless you are in mortal danger, fear is a compass telling you where to go so that you can become who you're supposed to become. And so that's what I would leave you guys with. And I love everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So use your fear as a compass. And one last thing that has always stuck with me. So I'll repeat that again. Like, Don't ignore the small things. Be aware, become aware of the small things and be happy. Thank you so much, Mark, for being here with us. 
Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. And uh, I look forward to see your show's success. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you like this conversation with Mark. Coming up next is an interview with Angela Philp, where she's going to talk about there is no compromise in commitment. Exactly. No compromise in commitment. So stay tuned. And I look forward to talking to you soon in one week's time. And until then, stay cool.